Support for this episode comes from Viator. Experiences are what people love the most about travel. That's why Viator has over 300,000 bookable experiences, so there's always something for everyone. They offer everything from simple tours to extreme adventures. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Which coast? Traveling east to west. Aaron Ladd. Oh, he did it! <laughs> Mark Gunnels. At the house on it. Chiefs coast to coast. We had the Wednesday, Mahomes and Reed. Like, I feel like I'm starting to get kind of into the groove of things a little bit. Yeah, I feel the same way. Kind of throw you off that Thursday game. So yeah, we're 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 getting the we're getting into it, man. Got a regular Sunday start time. No, no prime time this week. Actually, two in a row. Because the Bears game is a noon game too for you. Noon games, man. But I we, think these are the only two all year. <laughs> They're back to back. So we got to be thankful for them when they come because this is few and far between with the Chiefs. Did you catch Monday Night Football? I mean, just before we dive into Chiefs stuff, like yeah. I felt like I felt like Monday night we were, we were talking about McCole Harmon before he came on. That was a little. I think he got one one snap and it was on on special teams. That's your man's man. What you got to say? Issue a public statement. I mean, I never really made any statements prior to him being on the uh, the season. So, I mean, uh, I'm surprised a little bit. I thought he would – I mean, it's just one game, but I am surprised that he wasn't out there. I thought he's a guy that they could use, especially when Zach Wilson was the quarterback for 99% of that game. You know, just give him like a little jet sweep or something. Like, get him involved. The guy has elite speed. I was a little surprised by that. The Rodgers thing is just – it's tough. I know a lot of the reverberations around Chiefs Kingdom are like, oh, we're never going to get the Rodgers and Mahomes. But it, there was so much buildup for that. The trade, the speculation. He goes into a darkness retreat. And I, mean, I felt like the whole NFL world, even like casual fans were kind of bought in on like, all right, you know, like, let's see. Let's see what a rejuvenated or re, reinvigorated, re-energized what Aaron Rodgers looks like in, in New York. And we didn't get that. Yeah, it's not good for the league, man. It really is unfortunate. It really, really is. Let me get a let me get my tweet out here real quick. Did you get yours out already? They're not tweets anymore, bro. They're posts. Oh my bad. I forgot on X. Mark <laughs> Gunnels is a is a he's an X machine. I mean, you just gotta, you know, Elon gonna get you, man. You keep calling it tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised he hasn't pulled up to a Chiefs game yet, to be honest with you. Like we we got Jeff Bezos, we got Roger Goodell <laughs> there out there. I'm surprised Elon doesn't land the uh the Tesla. Well, uh, he's still he still got seven more chances to come to Kansas City this year in the regular season. Let's get into it, man. Uh Chiefs Coast to Coast Arrowhead Pride Podcast Network. This is episode 55. Mark Gunnels is in LA. Aaron Ladd is here in Kansas City with Steven Serta, who's back behind the board. Man, this is a jam-packed episode. This is 
recapping a week one loss. We'll, of course, do that as we do back in our regular season groove with a recap and a preview. We'll look ahead to Jacksonville. Chris Jones is back in the fold. We'll say the good, bad, and the ugly as the holdout comes to an end. Finally, talking about good, bad, and ugly. God dang, Mark. I mean, week one, you couldn't give out one winner. <laughs> you couldn't give out one winner to our audience in week one. Hey, man, what you say is not how you start, it's how you finish. You got a long way to go, man. I'm not going to get too high, I'm get too low. He started in piss poor fashion in Vegas, but he's back again this week with three more plays as the Chiefs try to get their first win of the season in Jacksonville. We love making y'all part of the show, Marcus. <laughs> you got to just sit there. You like Kadarius Tony at the at the podium today. You got to just sit there and take it, man. It's just nothing. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> come on let's move on man <laughs> we love making y'all part of the show 816-514-1267 please tell me how much money mark gunnels has lost you if you if you if you actually bet your house or if you put anything down like that is we don't have to be a question it don't have to be a comment criticism concern just call in about your angst on playing mark gunnels plays and we'll get those for you here on Chiefs coast to coast hashtag c to c if you're on X or Twitter or whatever, social media, Joshua Bundy is tapped in with us right now on YouTube. Says, what's up, fellas? This is Wednesdays at 6, anywhere you get your podcast on socials. And then, of course, Thursday in your podcast apps. Let's just get right into the recap. Mahomes avoids. He's a magician. Chiefs recap. Uh, we'll spare the details because this is a little bit of a while ago, almost a week ago by the time this publishes, Thursday to Thursday. Uh, Lions beat the Chiefs in week one, low-scoring game, which kind of screwed with a lot of the projections coming in. But uh, the biggest point or the biggest sticking point, especially after the game, I was there um, in the locker room and in the podium after, and especially on social media, I saw Mark kind of grappling with it was the drops from the wide receiver room. We spent so much attention on this unit going into the season, expectations for what they could do uh, around Patrick Mahomes, kind of a different look with Juju Smith-Schuster and no McCole Hartman. Uh, the wide receiver room kind of lets you down on the biggest stage on banner night, three drops according to pro football focus, but there was a couple balls and I'll put some of them. I won't even put it all in the wide out because uh, Patrick Mahomes kind of looked out of sync at times. There were some balls that were maybe behind receivers that could have been in better placements. So anyway, any way you want to cut it, the timing was off between Patrick Mahomes and the wide receiver room in week one. Mark Gunnels, as we look ahead to week two, how do you assess the wide receiver meltdown that we kind of saw against the Lions? And what would you like to see against the Jags? Yeah, so let's start with Kadarius Tony here, the obvious culprit of week one. And it's interesting because he actually had the second least snaps out of the receiver room. The only one who had least snaps than him was Justin Ross from the receivers. But it's hard to tell that because in the snaps that he was out there, he was being targeted almost every single time. So it felt like he played a lot more than he really did. Um, so I think obviously with him, there's no training camp, no preseason. He only had, I think, three practices before week one. So I think rust was clearly a factor there. But one thing I, I will want to say to Chiefs Kingdom, and I tweeted this actually. I mean, I posted this on X. See, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> was the fact that he was open, though. He was getting open. 
you know, whether it was him getting schemed open or is on his own bearings, he was open several times. And to me, I take that as more as a recipe for success moving forward because I don't see him dropping several passes every single game. So I do think that is something you can take from that as a positive moving forward. And in the presser today, recorded on a Wednesday, he, he was very accountable for his mistakes. You know, he said no excuses several times throughout that presser and it was very adamant on how he needs to be better and make the plays when they are available to him. Uh, what, what, what you got to say? Yeah, let's hear from Kadarius Tony now. He talked oh, yeah. to the podium. I think we have that sound. Let's go. In reality, shit, how I look at it, how I told Coach, how I told Pat, you know, all the guys, uh, that's on me. You know what I'm saying? Like, at the end of the day, y'all count on me and rely on me to make certain plays, and I got to be there to do that. It ain't no, really no excuse, no, you know what I'm saying? Nothing you could blame it on, none of that. Man, I can stand on 10 about it. Yeah. So, I mean, yeah, you heard it right there. He's very, very accountable for his mistakes, and I do expect him to have a bounce-back game week two. We know Andy Reid is kind of known for – giving guys their, that confidence boost. Don't be surprised at the first couple snaps. You see a ball get thrown to Kadarius Tony, whether it's a wide receiver screen, just to get the ball in his hands, you know, just to get that confidence going. And, you know, that, that should trickle out the rest of the game. And then beyond him, I mean, obviously, I'll be remiss if I didn't speak on Sky Moore. I've been one of the big advocates. 800-yard uh, receiver, Mark Gunnels, because we talked about this and joked about this coming on, right? This is one of your big proclamation, your on wax things that you said in the offseason. You believe in Sky Moore taking the next step. You had him in that McCole Hardman range of like, okay, he could be a comfort blanket or somebody for Patrick Mahomes to go to. And in the first game on the biggest stage on banner night with no Travis Kelsey, Sky Moore is targeted three times, zero catches, zero yards. How are you spinning that? How are you looking at that as we kind of assess this wide receiver meltdown that we had in week one? <laughs> you with this boy meltdown is crazy. But yeah, uh, I mean, how do you describe it? How would you describe how else would you describe it? Hold on, let, let, me, let me give you the context here, Aaron. There's always context behind okay. everything. So the three targets he had, first the, the first one, the ball was thrown super high. He jumped as high as he could and he got fingertips on it. I mean, if you want to count that as a drop, go ahead. That, that was a scramble play. The ball was high. Could, Sky Moore's not the tallest guy in the world. I'm not going to really put that on him. The second drop or target, whatever you want to call it, it was a slant route and the ball was behind him. He had to contort his body all the, the, the other side. Like, I'm not expecting the guy to catch that when he's going full speed one way a, and the ball's on the opposite It's a lot hit. of cape going on right now. I, 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 I mean, we could argue the, that's a we could argue the semantics of like the target. That's, a bad throw. that's not necessarily what I was trying to go for. He didn't look involved in the offense. He It didn't look like they no, had I'm, I'm, whatever. I'm getting there. Go ahead. I'm, I'm, getting, I'm, I'm not done yet. I'm just going off the targets first and I'm going to go from there. And then the last one was fourth and 25. I mean. Whatever. He could have caught it. I mean, that, that's a Hail Mary throw. If it, if he catches it, it it's going to the Chiefs lower forever. Fourth and 25, whatever. Okay, but beside, okay, I got the three targets out the way. All three targets were not normal situations, not clean. Besides that, though, if you watch the film, and I saw some all 22, there were several times, and Mahomes spoke on this, where he could have got the ball out earlier, where Sky Moore was actually open a few times. And he... He even looked, it looked like he looked this way. He didn't even pull the trigger. I don't know if that was a lack of confidence, lack of trust in Sky Moore, but there were times where he was open. So it's not all on the receivers like we alluded to earlier. It was some on Patrick Mahomes as well. 
not getting the ball out on time, not uh, trusting his guys. You know, maybe the offensive line at times, the pocket collapsed and you get a little jittery feet there. We know Mahomes' footwork can get inconsistent at times. So I'm not going to put it all in the receiving room because at the end of the day, Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the world and we have to hold him to that standard. We can't just alleviate him from negative comments or critiques when things aren't going well. So I'm just going to leave it at that. I do think they bounce back week two, though. Appreciate y'all going crazy in the chat. DMAC taps in, says he was open with structure, talking about Sky Moore on the first target. Mahomes just didn't see him, which you talked about. Accountability from the Kingdom Queens podcast. Appreciate them tapping in with us. Love from Chiefs Kingdom. Look, the, the Sky Moore thing... To me, I'm willing to be a little bit more patient on it. This is why I was yellow light lad when you kind of brought up the thing last time about him being 800-yard receiver. Uh, these guys weren't in rhythm. They they weren't in sync. And this Chiefs offense, as Patrick Mahomes talked about a lot today, you know, is predicated on the quarterback and the receiver seeing the same thing from the defense, from interpreting what the defense is giving them and going ahead and being on the same page. And it, it does not take much to throw off that focus. I think what I worry about with Kadarius Tony, and we're talking about meltdown, and yeah, I'm going to use meltdown as a word because I believe that was a winnable game, Mark. Like, I believe that, uh, you know, without some of the issues that happened inside that room, Kansas City is, is in field goal position with an opportunity to, to win a close game at home that maybe looked ugly, but you got the win. The thing that really killed me with Kadarius Tony is confidence, right? I thought the the drop on the fourth down drive to kick it off that 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 was the play, right? That was the one where you know you make that play and all is forgotten about, uh, you know, the time you missed or all is forgetting about your knee surgery. He was asked today if he has complete confidence in his knee and kind of danced around that. I mean, there's no way he can be completely confident. Now the 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 knee and then secondarily the hands, like it's going to be kind of a work in progress, especially when Kelsey is not there. I think the good news going into Jacksonville is that he's trending in the right direction. We spent a lot of time on the wide receiver talk. I still want to break down week one, but let's move a little bit faster. Now I was impressed by the defense, 14 points allowed on defense, the big stop on fourth down from Justin Reed to put, put that in the, put the ball back in the offense's hands to go win it, do the two minute drill, go ahead and make the plays. Just didn't shake out that way. But I still thought with Chris Jones in Arrowhead, but in Sweden instead, not playing. Big plays for Mike Dana, who's a Detroit native. We talked after the game about his sack on Jared Goff. I thought Trent McDuffie on the forced fumble. I mean, like they made the plays they needed to make and showed me that, you know, a defense that maybe we thought started slow in the past can hit the ground running and show us some impressive things early in the season. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if, if I told you before that game, they would only allow 14 points. Without Chris Jones, you would have took that in a heartbeat. And on one of those drives, the first touchdown, it was it came after they went for it on fourth down with that fake punt, like yeah. in their own like twenty yard line. You know, like who's expecting somebody to do that? So, I I, I definitely think that was a detriment to the defense at that time because you just got to stop. You're thinking you got a three and out. Now you got to go back out there. You're tired. Gutsy, man. So, that, that that was yeah. gutsy. And we mentioned it on the preview leading up to this game. We were talking about, hey, there's their teams have gone for it on fourth down in situations where you traditionally wouldn't. They've done yeah. that against the Chiefs because the possession is so valuable against them. That won them the game, essentially. And that was a fake punt 
in their own like was it 20 or 30 yeah, yard like they're on like 20 yard line yeah that was pretty impressive there but yeah i mean overall the defense definitely played pretty good uh the pass rush was kind of spotty at times you expect that with no chris jones but i did like what i saw in splashes from felix fau showed some flashes there was one play back in their own end zone he almost had a safety and Jared Goff got it off barely in time there. So he definitely showed some flash in the pass rush game. I thought George Karloftis was really good at setting the edge in the run game. Uh, I mean, they were pretty stifled for the first three quarters. They kind of got going in the fourth with their run game a little bit. But for the most part, I mean, you had them to under four yards a carry without your best guy in the middle. I mean, you can't really ask for much more. I thought the back end was pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, you have to be excited about what this defense can look like when you have Chris Jones back and Charles Amenahu, who's suspended for the first six games. He'll be back week seven against the Chargers. So I, I still feel really good about me saying this can be a top 10 defense when you have everybody there and full and healthy. Hefe KC from YouTube says King Felix with the crown emoji and CJ Jones chimes in with GK and Dana had some great pressures. One of the best games that we've seen from Mike Dana, yeah, Dana against his hometown team. Another thing that I'm maybe worried about and looking towards as the early season develops here for the Kansas City Chiefs is, of course, third down efficiencies. I wonder if you think this is uh, something or nothing. The Chiefs kind of struggling on third down, which is something that's uncharacteristics from Mahomes and company. KC, 5 of 14 on third down. The money down with Mahomes and company uh, against Jared Goff, they weren't much better, 5 of 15. But, you know, when I picture a Mahomes-led offense, especially at home at Arrowhead, I see an offense that's much more efficient. And maybe this is just a product of them being behind the chains in some things. There was opportunities where there were third and short and still not picking those up. Is this something or nothing the Chiefs kind of struggling on third down to start the year at home? I think it's nothing. I mean, as long as you have Travis Kelsey there, I think that changes things a lot. Yeah. Um, especially on those third and mediums when you're, it's an obvious passive situation. You have that security blanket there and Kelsey in the middle of the field. And then if not, teams double them, you know, you would hope that you have an advantage on the outside with one of your guys being freed open. I think that was also another issue just in general, not just third down. It's about the receiving room. You know, this happened 48 hours before the game started that you yeah. knew Travis Kelsey wasn't going to be there. Maybe if you knew a week before, you had more time to prepare and alter your game plan without Travis Kelsey. But the fact that happened so close to kickoff, I, I do think there is a thing there where it it's not enough time to completely script, unscript your, your game plan, if you would. So now with him back, I think that puts everybody back into their natural place and where guys are more comfortable. So I'm not concerned about third down moving forward as long as uh, Big 87 is there. I think it's a timing thing as well. I mean, when you say rust and when we talk about the Chiefs offense, as we mentioned earlier, a lot of it's predicated on all parties being on the same page. And that is something I think Kansas City will kind of grow into and mature into as the season goes on. All right. 20 minutes into episode 55 of Chiefs Coast to Coast, Mark Gunnels and Aaron Ladd here. Let's talk Chris Jones. Because our long national nightmare has finally come to an end, Marga. I mean, oh my goodness. It was a Tuesday here in the week between week one and week two. And the, and the notification that we've all been waiting for, rap sheet, and everybody's been tapped in and waiting for, for Adam Schefter to, to ping their phone with this when it finally comes across. 
and my initial reaction is a one-year deal. I like I understand why. I get it. And I know that the goal was a long-term contract. And he's already reiterated once again. We're about to hear from Chris Jones again at the podium talking on Wednesday after signing this one-year deal. But I think of all the options that could have been presented, this almost feels like a white flag a little bit. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It, it just, it confuses me a little bit, Mark, because what were you holding out for? Did, did, this could not have been what you pictured when you decided not to come to St. Joe or training camp. Let's get your thoughts on it. And then we'll toss it to Chris Jones. Yeah. I mean, I think that was everybody's initial reaction, a one-year deal. What is that about? Like, is this for next year? And no, it was basically just tearing apart the current deal and giving him a raise for this season. So he's still set to be a free agent after the year. I think it was one of those situations where I think Chris Jones kind of took control of the situation over the Cats brothers, and he wanted to get back in the room with his brothers and say, you know what, obviously a long-term deal is not going to happen, so why should I keep recurring these missed game checks when I'm not going to get what I want right now? So I might as well come back now, get it out the way, and we can come back to the table after the season. That's how I looked at it, just to get back in there and not waste any more time. And then they'll revisit again back in February and March. But I, I, I'm leaning towards this will be his last year in Kansas City. I, I don't think that Brett Veach and the Hunts are going to move off their number. And I don't think there's anything that Chris Jones can do this year that would make that happen. And yeah, so enjoy the last ride. I think Chiefs Kingdom with 95 there. I, I think the writing's on the wall here. Let's hop to Chris Jones at the podium. He talked Wednesday here from the man himself back in Kansas City, the holdout officially over. Happy to be back, okay? Um, the business aspect, you can't get personal into it. You know, when you get personal, things, things can turn bad. You know what I mean? I never took it personal. I did take some of the stuff y'all said on Twitter about me personal. Like, I just want y'all to know, I keep receipts, okay? <laughs> talking to all y'all that's been talking stuff on Twitter, I keep receipts. And, yeah. I think he's talking about you more, Gunnels. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to lie. What he did I been, say? He, he has been listening to Cheese Coast to Coast. And actually, shout out the, the chat for alerting me to this. Chris actually just quote tweeted uh, the tweet of that that I sent out earlier today. And there's an hourglass and then a receipt emoji. So he's doubling down. I mean, he's at tripling down on saying that he's got the receipts from all y'all saying over the holdout that he was selfish that he was unmotivated, that he didn't want to play for a winner anymore. There was a lot of, there was a lot of, this had gotten toxic. I mean, we, we can just call it for what it is. I don't want to say that the Chiefs kingdom made it toxic, but there was a point in the negotiations between Chris Jones, the front office, social media, it didn't look like a deal was going to get done. I think you're dead on right about calling this just kind of a Band-Aid. This is kind of lipstick on a pig, like, he didn't get any of his incentives that he, he, he basically, and Andrew Brandt breaks it down really well on Twitter. Uh, he basically is just kind of breaking even, if you will, after holding out six weeks. And this is from Andrew Brandt on X. Chris Jones now has $1.1 million less than before due to missing week one incentives. He already had. And the biggest one requires he wins the defensive player of the year and the chiefs win the super bowl. No new money in the deal. I mean, I mean, look, it just I, I feel bad for Chris in this situation because I almost feel like he was taken advantage of by some bad representation. Yes, 
he deserved a better deal. Yes, he deserved more value in his contract. Had the best year of his life last year, and KC won a Super Bowl. But the Chiefs were very adamant and clear that they weren't going to go over $30 million for a guy that was over 30 years old. And the Cats brothers, instead of, and this is just my guess, this is not me reporting, please don't aggregate me. Instead of knowing how to play ball with the Chiefs, they basically just spun Chris in a circle. And like you said, he eventually figured out what time it was and said, let me just get what I can get and go back and play. Yeah, and I I want fans to know this. And I think he kind of addressed this. We're going to get to that clip here soon. None of this is personal. You know, it's all business. He still has a great relationship on the surface, you know, based on what he said with Andy and Brett Veach. And, you know, I, I know fans can sometimes take these things a different way. But to, to the Chiefs Kingdom defense, he did do a lot of trolling. Like, we got to acknowledge that. He did a lot of trolling on social media. And obviously, he did. He knew what he was doing when he was throughout the summer. So but, I, Mark, I, you know how it could feel personal, right? Like, obviously, these contract negotiations aren't inherently personal. It's a business deal. But when you're talking about assigning a number value to someone's actual worth, and their body and what they've given to the, your organization, he's underpaid. Well, I mean, the question is, is it is it true or not that he wants to get paid more than Aaron Donald? Because if that's the case, I, I'm on the chief side and saying no. Aaron Donald is a generational talent, and Chris Jones about to turn 30 years old soon, and we already know about how Brett Veach is with that third contract for guys when they're entering their 30s. And, you know, if the whole thing was at first we heard about he wants to be just the second highest paid guy. And I think the Chiefs are willing to do that. But if it's talking about getting paid more than Aaron Donald, then I think that's where they draw the line. But uh, let's get to the sound with uh, Chris Jones talking about Andy and his relationship with Brett Veach. I think I think you as reporters and fans kind of misdrew the contract thing. I, it's never personal. I don't think I start hating Coach Reed or I start disliking Veach. I always I love Veach. You know that he knows I love him. We had on and off conversation throughout it all. Um, Coach Reed, I love him too. Me and him still calling Tets. We actually got a group Tets. <laughs> Veach said that um, I retweeted um, a picture where it was like Chris Jones after season, Chris Jones off season where I was big with no neck. <laughs> and we actually had a little joke about that through the midst of it. So I don't think our relationship was affected any about that. You know, they know how much I love this organization. They know how much I love this team. And uh, I don't think that affected any part of our uh, relationship. Cap. <laughs> big what, cap. What, what part are you calling cap on? I don't think that this infected our relationship. Mark, come on, dog. There's no way that this the the relationship will never be the same. And that was part of what I wrote down in our notes coming into this. How does this see how you impact 2023? And then how does this see how you impact 2024? Now, for me in 2023, Chris Jones is a consummate professional. He's going to give it everything he's got for these 16 games plus the playoffs. He is a competitor. I bet it ate him up. He didn't admit this at the podium today, but I bet it ate him up to be sitting in that suite and see the banner drop and not be able to run out that tunnel with his brothers and go out there and play with them. Like, I think he's going to give it everything he's got to prove to them that they messed up by not signing him to a long-term deal. But as far as his future here in Kansas City, it's cooked. It's done. You let in with it. It's, it, it, it's finito. He can't, 
he has already he already understands now through this process that they're not going to be able to meet what he sees his value is. And you think he's he's going to see his value as going down after this year? Like, like it, 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 I think him getting up there, I think he should have talked today and like the Ronald McDonald thing that we talked about before. Him talking is not a bad thing. Him tweeting is a bad thing. Because I think I think when he gets on Twitter and when he gets in that situation and when he's replying to fans one-on-one, uh, that, that gets dicey. But when he's talking honestly from what his perspective is and at a podium where you can hear him and kind of see his mannerisms, I think he does a lot better and he maybe gets himself a little bit further. But I, I, I think there's, some, there's a lot of cap in that rap, that, that statement we just ran. So here's one thing I will say, though just to play the other side. And I, and I really do think there is, there is a, a pathway for this. While I do think this is his last year in Kansas City, I get the impression that you think no matter what happens this year, the number can't change either way. I don't think that. Like, what if he doesn't play at a high level this year? What if he's not an all-pro or a pro bowler this year? You, you don't think anything can change at all in the negotiation process? Because what other team is going to be willing to pay him what he wants to be paid if he if he has a drop off this year it's uh, it's worth the conversation i and i've had talked off mike with friends about this like who who would spend the money for a you know a 30 plus year old pass rusher who's asking for 30 million dollars and i mean all it takes is one team to say yes i think the no tag part of his of his new one year deal is also a part where he kind of got played a little bit because now kansas city could they could, I don't possibly see them taking this avenue, but they could hypothetically tag him and trade him to somebody else or just sit him on the roster again for, I think it's close to $30 million, according to Spotrack. Spotrack has the 2024 tag number uh, for yeah. defensive tackle at $32.5 million, yeah, yeah. which is meaty. But Kansas City still has options. He really doesn't have any more options than what he came into the holdout with, Mark. So yeah. it's like, it's hard to see a situation where this whole thing does not impact the relationship. That's what that's specifically what I'm calling capital. Okay, that's fair. And I, I will say this though, I think for the Chiefs perspective in this, they came out great. Cause now you got all these incentives for Chris Jones to try to meet to make as much money as he wants. So you're gonna have a super motivated Chris Jones. We know about the contract year being undefeated. So here we go again, round two with Chris Jones on that. And, you know, he has an incentive if, if they win the Super Bowl, right? He can get some more money. So if you're the Chiefs, I, I think this is as good as you could have gotten without coming to terms with a long-term deal. Uh, the other part of the Chris Jones deal is a corresponding move that involves Joe Tooney. This is really quick. Doesn't need much, but just wanted to fill in our audience. Uh, this is from Field Yates on X. Says Chiefs needed to create some cat space with Chris Jones on the roster, so they restructured the contract of guard Joe Tooney creating $8.7 million in 2023 cap space. Joe Tooney's deal seems to have a lot of these. Mahomes has a lot of these trap doors and places where they can find some wiggle room and that kind of thing. Very important for KC, who we know is up against the cap. How about something quickly? And I thought this was social media chatter right up your alley. Was Juwan Taylor Fall starting? Because I don't know. I saw a few like I'm I'm watching from the Arrowhead press box, which is basically like watching from Kauffman Stadium, how far up and back from the line of scrimmage you actually are. But there were a couple of them where I'm watching on the, the broadcast. It looks like maybe he is getting 
you know, maybe a half a count or a half a step, but he knows the snap count. You know, to me, I didn't think it was. I didn't think it was something. Of course, it came back and bit Kansas City at the worst possible time when they're trying to gain ground uh, on the last drive. But I, I really see this as a non-issue. And Andy Reid, I think, kind of shot it down on Monday too. Yeah, I think you would be naive to think there was a few there that he got away that he didn't get away with. Um, but I think majority of them, he just caught it at the perfect time. Like I saw this one clip; it had it in slow mo, and he he. He was right on time, you know, but if you look at on the broadcast angle, it looks like he was a little early. So I, I, I don't think it was as big as Bill's people made it seem to be. But one thing I will say, though, I, I don't like the depth that he's at sometimes because it tips off whether it's going to be a run or a pass. You're right. Like you could tell. And sometimes when it was a run, you, he was kind of leaning forward a little bit, kind of giving away what it's going to be. So, you know, I think Andy actually spoke about that on his uh, Monday presser, I believe on a zoom call and he said uh, something we're gonna have to clean up there. So, but yeah, I mean, they have a great coaching staff with the offensive line. Andy Reed obviously has a lot of experience coaching offensive line. So I think they'll get together, but I'm not too worried about it moving forward. Support for this episode comes from Viator. Sure. A good souvenir is always fun, but it's the experiences that people love the most about traveling. When you get back home, that t-shirt might fade and that snow globe might break, but it's those once-in-a-lifetime memories that will last. Viator is a website and app where you can book travel experiences like architectural sightseeing, snorkeling excursions, sunset cruises, and so much more. With Viator, you can reserve everything from simple tours to thrilling adventures with over 300,000 bookable experiences in 190 countries. Whether you're a foodie, a history buff, or an adrenaline junkie, there's something for everyone. Plus, Viator's travel experiences have millions of real traveler reviews, so you can have the information you need to book the best activities for your trip. When you book a travel experience with Viator, there's always flexibility and support with free cancellation, payment options, and 24-7 service. Make memories that will last forever with Viator. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. One app, over 300,000 travel experiences you'll remember. Do more with Viator. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Life moves pretty fast. Are you drinking water that can keep up? Smartwater Alkaline has everything you need to stay hydrated, no matter where your day takes you. Whether you're pitching a tent or your next big idea, Smartwater Alkaline can help you perform your best. It delivers a pure, crisp taste that makes it the perfect chaser after a big workout. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smart Water Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com. Working out some timing in the early weeks of the season. Let's just jump into our game preview. Stop it. Stop it. You can't do this. You can't escape. You can't make these plays. You can't make these throws. Give us a sneak preview. Chiefs preview. All right, let's talk some injuries as we preview Chiefs and Jags. It is a beautiful noon game. Oh, my goodness. Nothing better than a nooner from Gates. Uh, I shouldn't <laughs> have said they, they, they got to sponsor us for that. Maybe that'll maybe that's something we can work on in the, in the future. Uh, injury report from Wednesday is pretty straightforward for the world champs. Uh, um, Clyde Edwards-Alaire has an illness, did not practice on Wednesday. Chris Jones 
is back in a limited participant, and so is Legarius Sneed dealing with a knee injury. Travis Kelsey, of course, last but certainly not least, who hyperextended his knee in the lead up to week one, didn't play in that game. I believe it's the first game he missed due to injury since his rookie year. Do I have that right, Mark? Yes, that is correct. Uh, he was actually on the practice field. I caught that footage. That was as soon as I saw that, I'm like, oh, Mark Gomes is gonna love this one. Chris Jones and, and Travis Kelsey embracing that was thing in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> you were thinking about me in that moment, bro. <laughs> there are certain things that when you see, there's certain things that when you see on the practice field, you're just like, oh, that is gonna do really well on social. And like those were the two guys that I knew I wanted coming into into like practice so i knew that like when that happened, yeah you're going viral on that one <laughs> like like you're, like you're gonna you're gonna be in the upper right on a lot of tv shows tomorrow <laughs> the upper right <laughs> yo they you know, just take it they just take it they don't even ask anymore they don't even ask anymore they just take it you got your courtesy though so you know that's not how it works mark you're supposed to actually I license. Know, but- you're actually supposed to license the footage but you're not gonna say no they know that well, if I say no, then it doesn't get aired. Then they just run down the lines to the next reporter who who gives it to them, <laughs> essentially. Yeah. Uh, no, Travis obviously jumped into the arms of Chris Jones. I didn't see much other than that. For people who don't know, and I've said this on the platform before, but I want to make it clear, the media viewing window for practice that we get is maybe like five minutes. On a really good day, it's like six and a half. So we maybe get them stretching and doing like the individual drills just to kind of warm up. In that time period, I saw Travis Kelsey moving around. He obviously was not 100%, but he's not giving 100% effort in that early portion of practice. He does look like a guy who is going to play on Sunday, in my estimation. And I did come on this platform last week and said he was probably not going to play against uh, – crap, who they play? Against the Lions, and he didn't play against the Lions. So if my, my guess is if he's a limited participant on Wednesday – He'll be some sort of status, either questionable or game time decision for Sunday. And then, in my opinion, gives it a go. Yeah, I'll be surprised if he doesn't play, to be honest with you. Uh, he's a guy that takes pride. Obviously, you mentioned about his stat. That, that was the first game he missed due to injury since his rookie season. That was back in 2014, Aaron, almost a decade ago. That is incredible, especially at that position he plays very physical there in the middle of the field. But I, I do think he's going to play. I think Chris Jones is going to play without limitations as well. Uh, I, I, I think it's just a little game of chicken, man. You're, you know, you got asked questions today, Andy Reid, about will he be limited to about Chris Jones? Kind of had a little smirk on his face when he answered that question. I, I don't think he's going to be limited. I really don't. Well, can we, put on our, can, we, can we put on our conspiracy hats for a moment? Yeah, let's do it. You know, there's a world in which they don't have to play him because, you know, the incentives are playing time based, Mark Gunnels. And, you know, I'm not saying this is what's going to happen, but hypothetically, let's see, let's say a guy who hasn't played football since February hasn't participated in any of the workouts or, you know, lifts. I mean, he's been lifting his own. He looks to be in good shape, but hypothetically, they look at him on Friday and say questionable. Uh, there, there's a world in which Chris Jones and and you said he's gonna play. I mean, he's gonna be limited no matter what. <laughs> he can go out there and play. It, it's gonna be tough for him to go full speed, go from off the street to to playing a full NFL football game. Well, I mean, we just saw Nick Bosa do it against Pittsburgh last week. You know, similar situation. No practice, really, no training camp, and I don't think he was limited in that game. And so I, I, I don't see why. 
I get what you're saying though about I don't think the Chiefs would do that because then you're just talking about the relationship being a little tarnished there. That would be kind of tricky if you're doing that, messing with a guy's potential incentives out of spite there, being a little facetious. So I don't think they're gonna do that uh if he feels like he can be a full go, which I do think he will be. Uh, I monitor CEH, and I think LeJerry Sneed is going to be a guy who's on and off the injury report pretty much all year with the knee injury. You tweeted something, and you tweet a lot. Excuse me. I keep saying that. We're going to have to do like a fine. We're going to have to do like a fine bucket or something like this. You posted this on X, and I thought it would be perfect to take it to the show now. And uh, it's about Jaguars quarterback Trevor Lawrence. Uh, Mark posted, by the time the season is over, I think we're going to have a conversation about Trevor Lawrence being the second best quarterback in the league behind Patrick Mahomes. You said this after one week of the regular season. Why? What did you see and what makes you feel so confident that, uh, you know, he could really ascend into that upper echelon? Because we already I think most people agree that he's, you know, past good. He's a solid starter. He's somebody that we could be considering great. What makes you think that he can ascend into that? I would say maybe even Jalen Hurts s category uh, and, and be seen as a, an elite quarterback. Well, first of all, this is not just based on one week of football. Before the year, I predicted him to win the MVP this year. I'm expecting a major leaping year three, but it's not even about the year three thing. It's about year two in the same system under Doug Peterson. You could pretty much wipe out his rookie year. I mean, he had Urban Meyer as his head coach. He was getting lap dances in Ohio instead of <laughs> joining the team playing back to Jacksonville. So, I mean, I don't think no rookie quarterback would have succeeded in that situation. So I kind of just throw that year out the window. Last year, you make the playoffs. You show a progression. And let's not forget, man, this is a guy that people were touting as a generational talent out of, out of high school, let alone his time at Clemson. You know, number one pick. Uh, people are saying he's the best prospect since Andrew Luck, comparing him to Peyton Manny. And I think we're starting to really see the, the potential now. Now you pair him with a guy who I think is going to be his Stefan Diggs to Josh Allen and Calvin Ridley. You know, when Stefan Diggs was in Minnesota, we looked at him as a good receiver, but not elite, right? Because he didn't have that guy that can make all the throws. Now you compare him with Josh Allen. We're having top five conversations about Stefan Diggs. Similar with your boy Calvin Ridley in Atlanta, he he didn't Stop he didn't it. have a, he didn't have a guy that can make all the throws there. He had a what an old Matt Ryan, if I'm not mistaken, uh, there in Atlanta. And so you're you're very familiar with Calvin Ridley, what he can do, his route running ability, uh, his his hands. He's a guy that can go vertical as well. So I think you're pairing him now with the guy in Trevor Lawrence that can make all the throws. And week one, he had 11 targets. In their first real game together. So the chemistry is already there. It's only going to get better. So I think they both elevate each other. And when you combine that and then being in a Doug Peterson system, I, I think all the makings are there for Trevor Lawrence to be in that MVP conversation this year. Uh, we know Doug Peterson's connection to the kingdom, of course, and he and Andy Reid have a relationship that dates back nearly three decades he was a quarterback for the Packers while Andy Reid was his quarterback's coach there. Also played for Andy Reid in Philly and then was the offensive coordinator for the Chiefs under head coach Andy Reid. So a good relationship there. You mentioned Trevor Lawrence, and I actually asked Andy Reid about Trevor Lawrence today. Didn't give me a lot, but it said a lot of the same things he said about Jared Goff in the lead-ups to last week's game, and I thought Jared Goff played well. Didn't um, 
didn't make too many mistakes. He didn't put the ball in harm's way. And I see Trevor Lawrence is a lot similar type quarterback. He takes downfield risks a little bit more, and they surrounded him with so much talent on that offense. This is going to be much more of a tip. Like I see, I see Detroit and Jacksonville kind of in the same light, but I think maybe Jacksonville is a further evolution. Like if they're Pokemon, uh, the 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 Jags are a more evolved form uh, of what Detroit is eventually hoping to do um, with quarterback and kind of the skill players out on the outside. But Trevor Lawrence has done it at every level too. I mean, when you think about high school, college pros, um, I, I look for him to to make plays on Sunday. And I wouldn't be surprised. I know we expected a lot of points last week. I'm expecting a lot of points this week, Mark Gunnels. And one thing I'm worried about from Kansas City's perspective and we don't have to stump on this forever because this is something that I feel like will be a this will be something that comes up frequently as we go through our season here on Coast to Coast. The Chiefs can't run the ball, man. They can't run the ball. For a team that's coming out of out of training camp, an Andy Reid training camp that everybody talks about is so tough and so grueling and we focus on this and we focus on that. You had 90 yards week one, and Patrick Mahomes was 45 of them. Yeah, I'm not going to say they can't run the ball, though. I think that's a little overreaction on your part. I mean, we saw them in the playoffs last year, especially against this particular Jacksonville Jaguars team. I think they averaged over six yards a carry in that game. I I think when they're dedicated to the run and they get a little more creative in their schemes, and we didn't see much McKinnon as well involved in that game. So I, I'm not going to go that far. I think uh, Pacheco needs more touches to get more on the rhythm. And I think they're a rhythm running team. Um, and But I will say this. I think they still struggle running the ball on third and short. I, I'll say that. Like third and one situations, I, I, I do think there is a struggle there. But I'm not going to say they can't run the ball. I, I think you're going a little too far there. But I, I do want to ask you this before we – you know, unless you want to push back on that real quick. I, I do want to ask you this, since you being the Atlanta guy here, uh, how much does it pain you to see Calvin Ridley balling out on a new team? <laughs> Doesn't pain me at all. I know that there is draft compensation attached to that pick. So Calvin Ridley. Uh, Only a, was, what, like a fourth or a fifth? I think it's a second. I think it's a second round pick. I thought you got, Really? I think it's a. I think if he goes over a thousand yards this year, oh, it's like one of. Pick. Oh, yeah. so you want him? To, you want him to ball? Yeah, out. and I'm rooting yeah. for Calvin. A lot of people don't know behind the scenes, and this is specific Chief Jag, so we can stay here for a little bit. But he was having some mental health issues before um, he got involved in the whole sports betting thing, and there was a thing in Atlanta around that time where, like, a lot of famous athletes and stuff, their house were getting broke into, people were getting run up, and like he had a newborn daughter that was involved in an incident and that kind of impacted his ability to just focus on day to day. Like he didn't want to leave the house and he wrote a really good story in, I believe it's untitled. What, what's the athlete, you know, the athlete platform or oh, uh, un- uninterrupted, uninterrupted. It, it yeah, was one yeah, of those. Yeah. It, it was one of those. I'm sorry. I'm butchering that there, but it good, good material. If you just want to root for Calvin Ridley, the player spent a lot of time around away from the game and that can already mess with your head on top of what had already happened there. It was cool to see him ball out. I mean, his first half last week, I think he had like almost 100 yards receiving. So it seems like, and they were raving about him all training camp. It would have been great to see what he could offer the Atlanta Falcons, but that's secondary to whatever 
um, he was going through. And I, I'm just good to see, glad to see him start to have some success there. Can can we go from positive news to what you offered? Uh, what you offered in Vegas? Oh my God! Let's go. <laughs> Place your bets. Oh, there it is. There it is. Two touchdowns. Win by Elite Church. Let's go to Vegas with Mark. Let's put a bow on the Calvin Ridley thing. D-Mac, I mean, this dude is an encyclopedia. We got to start calling him the encyclopedia. He's got the the Calvin Ridley details. He said if he hit a playing time percentage, it becomes a third. If he signs an extension, it's a second. He had a crazy game. The Chiefs secondary is definitely going to be a big test. I, uh, uh, I look forward to that second rounder hitting. I look forward to Mark Guttles. Hopefully rebounding from his week one performance because, Lord have mercy, the only way to go is up. <laughs> the only way to go is up. You went 0 and 3 week one, and the picture as follows. You took the spread, Chiefs four and a half. <laughs> Lions won by one. He's big on Sky Moore this year, as you all know. So he took the over on 44 and a half, which I thought was a free winner. I thought that was money. I thought that was guaranteed. I actually co-signed that one. So I'll eat this as well. As Sky Moore has three targets for zero yards. So that's over two. And then finally. The over on Mahomes total touchdowns at two and a half, which was close. Mahomes finished with two and Mark Gunnels finishes week one without a win. But that's it. That's fine. It's in the rearview mirror. That was last week. We're on to this week. Mark Gunnels has got his for the for the audio only audience. Let me show you what Mark Gunnels is wearing. He's got his Mizzou shirt on this week. He's got black (laughs) and gold on just in time for K-State week. This dude is nasty. He's rooting for the Tigers against the Cats this Saturday in Columbia, and he's got three more winners for you in the NFL in the NFL world. Bounce back, Marcus, here. What you got for us? All right, man. So like you said last week, and you said this, it's not how you start, man. It's how you finish, buddy. I got like, what, 80 more plays to go this year or something like that? It's a long year, bud. So 0-3 is not going to phase me. Let's go. I'm starting off we're here. I'm not even playing with the spread this week because it's too too close. Give me Chiefs money line, baby. Chiefs win outright. Take that to the bank. Chiefs are going to win this game. They're not starting off 0-2. My second play, I got a player prop, actually two player props for you. Travis Kelsey, anytime touchdown. I do think he's going to play this week. The props are out. We know Vegas knows all, so they wouldn't have him out there. If they don't think he's going to play. He's practicing in limited capacity. He looked pretty good in that video you posted, jumping up on Chris Jones. So I do think there will be an emphasis to give him the ball, especially in the red zone. So he gets an end zone. And then my last play, I'm actually going with the Jaguars here. I'm taking the under on the receiving yards for Evan Ingram. They got it at 42 and a half, Aaron. Could I tell you last year in the two games against the Chiefs, In the playoff game, he only had 16 yards and then, no, I'm sorry, 31 yards in the playoff game. And the regular season game, he only had 14. So he barely hit over 42 and a half in both games combined against the Chiefs. And I think their old line is a little banged up. So I think he's going to be in there blocking a little bit more than he would want to, especially with Chris Jones back. So I don't see him being much of a factor in the receiving game. So those are my three plays this week. Chiefs money line, 
Travis Kelsey anytime touchdown and the under on Evan Ingram's receiving yards at 42 and a half. I like the Evan Ingram play a lot. If I had to star one of your picks, I think there's a lot of mouths to feed in that Jacksonville offense. I think, yes, I think high flying, but I think I could see a world in which he's the guy that maybe has a little bit less on his plate than everyone else. You mentioned Calvin Ridley, obviously ETN. Um, there's another guy I'm thinking of, Christian, Christian Kirk, Kirk, who was yeah. a, who just Zay Jones killed too. the Chiefs. Zay Jones had a highlight catch. So there's there's an easy way for somebody to be left out of that offense. If I'm riding with one of your picks, it, it, it's that one here. Mark Gunnell's trying to rebound from an 0-3 start to the 2023 season. Uh, let us know what you do. 816-514-1267 is the voicemail line, so you can let us know how Mark did in his plays this week. Yeah, if I go 0-3 again, man, I'm going to be in complete shambles. I'll tell you that. And I would be in complete Oh, and six is nasty. <laughs> you got to stop. I remember one week last year, you just like took a week off. You were like, yeah, no plays this week. We, we The house is closed. You, you boarded up the doors for one day. <laughs> hey, I ain't going to lie. I'm, put this on wax. If I go 0 and 3 again, I'm probably going to take a week off next week. I'm saying that right now. Serta clip the house on it. <laughs> he bet the house on it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, Let's go yeah. through our chat here on the way out. Chance of thunderstorms for Sunday's game. I did see it could be some uh, rainy weather in Columbia for that big game and for Jacksonville for this one. So uh, if you're headed out yeah. to the game, take pictures, send us pictures, wear your ponchos, that kind of thing. Um, this you from know, Sean, Florida, and I thought this Florida's was interesting. Weird. Yeah, it'll rain for like two hours, and then it'll yeah. be, the, the rest of the day will be fine. Yeah. But now um, what we got in the chat, what are you looking at? Sean says, I I think this is a relation to Chris Jones. I bet Andy hates playing him this week after missing all preseason. Andy is a little old school in that way. Sean is dead on about this because Andy Reid is one of those guys where if you don't practice, you don't necessarily play unless your name is like Mahomes, Kelsey, or in this situation, Jones. I think if Andy Reid, you know, really had his way, he wouldn't, he would try to send a message because there was kind of this sanctity of, the team that was disturbed by this, you can't just, I understand that you want to move forward with the relationship and you don't want to, you know, really harp on the holdout and all the things and the time missed because that's history. But that's why I called Cap earlier. There's no way that the relationship stays the same after something like this. It, it has to be impact. Yeah. And then also with Chris Jones being on the defense, on the defensive side of the ball, I'm not sure how much, I mean, obviously he's the head coach, so he, he can say whatever he wants, but I, I do think that he does kind of tend to let Spags kind of run the operation how he wants to for the most part. Uh, I think that's pretty much it for the chat. Um, you didn't give your pick. Who you got winning this week? I just – somebody asked me for a pick, and I said Chiefs 27-23. I changed my mind so much on these type of things. I don't – of course, I'm gonna have my eye on the the injury report if you know if a Sneed doesn't play or they say Chris Jones is already like obviously that would impact things. But you know, 27, 23, I say that out loud, and that doesn't sound like enough points to me. I feel like it might be more high scoring than that. Well, the over under right now is at 51 and a half, so you're close to that number with your score prediction. Now be 50. So sounds like you like the over if you want to go a little higher than that. But nobody likes betting unders. I mean, who? Yeah. Who? Who? <laughs> You've been an Evan Ingram under is like the most enjoyable under 
Like, you know? <laughs> yeah, it's just like a sweet spot for that. Yeah. Good show, clean show. Your Wi-Fi works. I mean, you got to wear a Mizzou shirt more often, man. <laughs> You're not going to let that one episode go, are you? <laughs> this guy. Mark Gunnels in L.A., Aaron Ladd here in KC, Steven Serta behind the board. That was episode 55. We're back with 56 next week, recapping maybe a Chiefs win, hopefully a Chiefs win. We'll see. Coach to Coach Boys out of here. Support for this podcast comes from Smartwater. Want to get a little more from every sip? Smartwater Alkaline doesn't just taste crisp and pure. It's loaded with everything you need to perform at your best, whether you're running marathons or boardroom meetings. Elevate how you hydrate and pick up a Smartwater Alkaline today. To learn more, visit drinksmartwater.com.